Coming up, we're going to talk NFL playoffs, a lot of NFL happenings uh, going on. Uh, we're going to congratulate the, uh, the U of M uh, Wolverines and um, talk about what the Buckeyes need to do to get better. And gonna give going to talk about some weak NBA observations and, and thoughts so far. I say it's weak because I haven't really been following. But DLS Central starts now. Welcome to another episode of DLS Central. Happy New Year. This is Damon. And I mean, we got a lot going on in sports. I've been away for a while. Um, and so now it's, it's time to talk about a lot of happenings and how we led to how we got here. We're in the second, uh, the second part of the NFL playoffs, which is the divisional round. And it's actually pretty exciting. It's a lot of unpredictability or some, so there's some teams here that we didn't expect uh, to be here, uh, namely the Lions. Yes, we're looking at them. Um, but the playoff drought is 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 over. Uh, the playoff win drought is over, I should say. They've made the playoffs before, but they haven't been able to get out of the first round. And so now that they've won a playoff game, uh, which has really been a couple of, of decades it, it, there's some excitement. There's some momentum there. Um, they drive, they, they, they will drive fans crazy, but it's good to see the Lions in this position, uh, playing for a championship. So uh, I'm happy about that. But yeah, we got a, we got a lot to get to. So, um, starting off with the playoff games that are going on later today. Texans Ravens is, is going to be at 4 30 uh, today. We're taping this today, uh, January 20th. Uh, so, morning before playoffs start. And the Texans are another team that, that's improbable. I mean, somebody had to win the AFC South, but the Texans started to, to really turn a corner, um, maybe the mid season and, and start to show some life and, and, and CJ Stroud has definitely been the best rookie quarterback uh, of the year. Um, and he, I think that he's, he's almost a lock to get rookie of the year. I, it's hard to see anybody else really uh, earning that moniker. Um, if you wanted to give it to Puka, there's an argument for that because, I mean, Puka Nakua came in and immediately established himself as the best wide receiver on the team and, and almost, not almost, uh, not, not the, but almost, he, he would be in the, in the top five of best, uh, best player on the team. So if you, were, if you were to make an argument for him as a potential rookie of the year, you could do that. But I think you got to give it to CJ Stroud uh, because of what he's done. I mean, in first, first year in, he's won a playoff game for him and, and has them looking really, really driven and focused. They have, they have drive. They have, uh, it seems like they have like focus 
And he just, he plays good football. I mean, and the thing is, he'll only get better as he continues to develop. And uh, I, I'm, I really applaud the coaching staff there. Hey, coach is really, is really strong and, and he's really uh, about making sure his team is, is prepared uh, to play. They do have their miscues and there are some things that they need to work on. But I, I think that uh, this, this Texans team is, is starting to really, uh, really come into form. And I would probably say maybe in a, in a couple of years, they're probably going to be really difficult to beat, especially if they get even better uh, personnel. Um, but I think they're they're a physical team. I think they're their run game. I like the way their run game is, and so um, and CJ he can sling, he can sling it. So I think if they get another weapon at wide receiver, and if they continue to um, to enhance their line, I think they'll be good. Now defensively, they're they're going to have to to tighten up on some things because. When you look at the um, that Indianapolis game that they played, it could have went either way. I mean, and I know everybody's great. You know, uh, people gave that wide receiver grief uh, for dropping the pass uh, on fourth down, but I mean, the throw wasn't great, and yes, he could have caught it, but. Even it, it's like he he had to turn his body to to uh, to kind of like make that grab, and it's just it was asking a lot. I think especially of him who probably really didn't get much game experience. I don't I don't remember him being a, a focal point of the offense. So you're taking a chance, pinning your playoff your playoff hopes on that guy, but. Let's say even if even if he catches it and they get the first down, it's not a lock that they win the game, you know. So there's a lot of things that could have still went wrong and, and things of that nature. But I, I heard I hear the arguments where if it was like, well, if it hit your hands, that's what we was taught. And, and while I get it, there's just there's a lot of factors that go into it. Uh, so. But um, I said all that to say Houston could have lost that game. That was a dangerous win, uh, you know, but they, they won it. Shout out to Michael Lombardi. Uh, I learned that from the uh, Bill Simmons podcast when he was on talking about the three types of wins. Uh, you got the dominant, the dominating win. You got the decisive win and you got the dangerous win. And that was a dangerous win. <laughs> and, um, but but now they're in place. They beat up on my Browns. And uh, and I think that was a wake up call for my Browns too. Um, and we'll talk about that later. Uh, but <laughs> but now they're going against the Tex. I mean the Ravens and the Ravens. I think pose a unique test because the Ravens have a speed component, but they still do also have that a that AFC North grit and 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 aggression as well. So it'll. The Texans are going to have to match their physicality and they're going to have to figure out a way to 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 keep up with the speed on offense that they possess. They're going to have to find a way to uh, make sure that Lamar doesn't have any options to uh, to get out of situations where he's he's being rushed. Um, they, They have to close all the doors so that he can't make any big plays and. 
to say that is asking um, almost the impossible because he he's so improvisational, uh, you know, improvisational. And um, I know I said that wrong, um, but, you know, he, he's a master of improv. There we go. We'll say that better. Um, and it's like there's three plays with him. It's the play that the coach called. Um, there's the there's the rollout. You know, or the audible if he if something breaks down. But then there's also the play where he can just figure out how to get out of trouble, and then figure out another play to to concoct. Whether it's him running, or him finding some other person just that's in this rear corner or in the middle where nobody's paying attention. And so there's like there's three plays that you have to, <laughs> that you have to guard. You know, when it comes to Lamar, so. But we'll, we shall see if the Texans are up to it. I'm going to give it to the Ravens solely on the fact that they've been playing pretty good football as of late. And that win against San Francisco, I think, said a lot about what the Ravens are capable of. And um, it's just I, I think that they're going to be tough. To knock out of the playoffs. I think the Texans will try their best and, and, and mount a really good challenge. Um, at least that's what I think. Um, but I think ultimately the Ravens will win this one. And that, that'll be my pick. I know the line is uh, going to be Baltimore by uh, nine and a half. I think that that could be a little lower. Uh, let's give the Texans some credit. <laughs> <laughs> but I I understand where they you know where where Vegas is coming from with that. One. It's gonna be gonna be twenty eight, so it's playoff football. Gonna be twenty eight degrees out in Baltimore, um, but I don't think it'll create it'll have a factor. I actually I don't think any of the weather will have the same factor that it did uh, last week, where especially in KC it's it's negative seven. Miami, they just they look stiff out there. Kansas City, they're used to they're throwing the ball um, like it was fifty degrees out, and you know they just they, it wasn't pretty. But Kansas City had control of the game. You, you never felt like Kansas City didn't have control of the game. Um, but that that's where I'll go with uh, was the Ravens. Then the night game, Packers Forty ers in San Francisco at Levi Stadium, uh, crowd's going to be happiest. It's definitely the warmest game in the playoffs. Um, well, I won't say definitely warmest because we don't know what that uh, we don't know what the temperature in the dome is going to be in, in Detroit on Sunday. Uh, so, but I guess outdoors wise, it's the warmest game. It's going to be sixty two in uh, San Francisco. Well, in Santa Clara, technically. Um, and you know <laughs> what I initially when I thought about this matchup, I said, like, "Oh yeah, Niners got this." But then I thought about it like, mm, I don't know. The Packers came out of nowhere. There, there is the true dark horse, um, and uh, of the NFC. And I did not see this coming, especially considering how. They started out and the way they were playing, it, it didn't look like they were going to make the playoffs. Um, but the Packers, like the Packers are like the Steelers. They just, they figure out a way to do what they need to do to get into the, into the playoffs. They just, that's how they play. They just 
figure out ways to win. And they've been doing it all season. And against the 49ers, they've got a his they've got a rich history, a rich playoff history, Packers, Niners. And as much as I want to say, oh, the Niners got this, is is no problem. The Packers are going to be a hard team to beat. Uh, when we watched how they played that game uh, against the Eagles, I think that they um, defensively, they looked really stout. Like when you looked at that formation that they had, it just, they, they really, they made it really tough, uh, especially uh, in the middle. Like, so they, they took away a lot of the, you know, the stuff the Eagles like to do. I think they made it tough on them. And, um, you know, it was, it, it was pretty, no, no, that's not the, yeah, the Packers played the Cowboys. I'm sorry. I was thinking about, I, I still got the Eagles lost on the brain because I can't even remember, re I can't even realize, I can't even come to, like, I can't even think about how the, the Eagles lost that game against Tampa Bay. But yeah, the Cowboys got beat down by the Packers, but the, the Packers controlled that game. I think their defense was really uh, great. And offensively, it, there was a physicality there that I don't think that the Cowboys were ready for. Those young receivers aren't scared. And, uh, you know, they're physical. They're hard to tackle. They're coming at you. And running game-wise, they were getting whatever they wanted against that, that vaunted Dallas defense. And they made it really tough on Michael Parsons. Now, I mean, they could have used Diggs in that one, but at the same time, the Cowboys are supposed to have, you know, the best defense. And they were at home. So they, that was where they, they've played their best football. But the Packers came in and just owned them in their own stadium. Uh, and, <laughs> and that made me nervous about this Niners game. And the reason why it made me nervous about this Niners game is because the way that the Niners have been beaten um, has been in in uh, against teams that played really physical, that were really smash mouth and they were uh, aggressive and they dictated pace. And the 49ers, they I don't think that they like physicality. Um, and so if they're if they're playing a team that's not really aggressive, that that doesn't have kind of like a bruising mindset, then I think they're good. But against teams that that come in and they're they're trying to uh, to test their strength and it, it's a, it's about will the Niners kind of wilt a little bit. And so I'm interested to see the game plan that Cal Shanahan draws up against the Packers, um, especially considering what he saw against Dallas. Um, now, do I think Dallas's offense is as great as the 49ers offense? No. Um, Dallas offense is, was, is okay. It, it can be good. It can be really good at times. Um, but they're, the thing about their offense is sometimes it takes a little bit for them to get going. Like it, it's, they they don't really come out explosive guns blazing all the time or or 
or if they do, it's hard for them to sustain that momentum in meaningful games throughout the whole game. And there's always a miscue or something. And uh, sometimes they pull it out, sometimes they don't. But that offense really isn't top tier um, like the 49er offenses because you have so many different um Components that can just kill you. Uh, you've got to deal with Debo. You got to deal with with CMC, and you, you you've got receivers that can really gas you. You got Ayuk. Uh, I think you've got another another receiver there that that is uh, pretty good. And and Purdy finds guy and Debo's a, tr- a dual threat because you know he can be receiver and running back and. And so there's a lot that you have to worry about. And their offensive line isn't actually that bad. Their, their offensive line is pretty good. So, um, and Purdy, I, I think Purdy's good. Yes, Purdy has some mistakes, but he's still also a young quarterback. And um, But he's... He, he's always about trying to make the right play. And um, I think the thing with him is... The the Packers, if they want to if they want to stop Purdy, they have to make him see ghosts. Um, I think in in this second in this technically the second year of his of his uh, tenure as the Niners quarterback, he's he's got to avoid falling for defensive illusions, and that that's where teams have been able to get him to make him see things that aren't there. And um, and so there's there's coaching that needs to be done on that. And that's where he's made, I think, a, a, a big part of his interceptions um, is because he's he saw something. He thought he had uh, somebody open and they actually weren't there to defeat the defense, created the illusion of openness. And then when he bit, they just they, you know, they bit they uh, took him out. <laughs> well, they, they you know, they took the ball from him. So it's it's going to be about execution in this game as it always is but I think the Niners are going to have to um, be lights out in order to overcome the Packers because the Packers are they're, they're, they're going to come with it they're not afraid and um, they're going to try to match the Niners uh, so the 49ers have to limit mistakes that I think you, they can't afford a turnover against the Packers and they have to figure out a way to uh, to throw Jordan Love off of his game. Now, I think the uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I think it's, for defensively, the Niners are going to have to really focus in on coverage, and they're going to have to get pressure on uh, on Jordan Love if they can if they can force Jordan Love to to make mental mistakes, then. That that 49er defense can actually uh, feast off of that, um, but they're going to have to really cover well because those Packers receivers find ways to get open and they're faster than you think. So it's a tougher game to call for those reasons. I'm going to go to 49ers, but it's it. I'm not confident. In, in that pick because of how the Packers have been playing as of late um, against meaningful teams, you know, <laughs> so and, and let's not forget if the Packers figure out a way to get past the Niners and the Lions beat the Bucks, we got a rematch of what we saw on Thanksgiving and what we saw on Thanksgiving was the Packers beat down the Lions. And if I'm a Lions fan, I am nervous. 
I am really nervous about having to play the Packers in the NFC Championship game, knowing what transpired the last time uh, they played them. So that's yeah, going to be one to keep out for. Um, I mean, do you want the 49ers either? No, but the Packers, I think that one would... That one would be concerning if I'm the Lions. I would, it, you know, considering what happened, but it's also something where they will probably be motivated to play the Packers because they want get back. You know, <laughs> they they want payback against uh, the the humiliation they suffered. But it's gonna be a good game. I'm going with the Niners, um, and it looks like Vegas is too. They've got San Francisco by ten. I think the Lions should probably be like four. <laughs> Because I just, you know, the Niners can be shaky at times. So, um, you know, that one that one could go, I think, either way. But I'll go San Francisco. Now, uh, take a short break and come back. We'll talk about the NFC. Well, the, uh, the Sunday games, preferably. Pick up a copy of my book, Watch Your Temper Today. We all get angry when things don't go our way, but how we handle it is what really matters. When Brandon and Trent get into a squabble, their dad teaches them an important lesson about what happens when anger goes unchecked. It's a great story about learning how to resolve issues peacefully and the danger of reacting in anger. Uh, it's, it's especially valuable for children who are learning a, a about how to control their emotions, especially things like anger. So pick it up on Amazon and you can also go to my website. The link is in the description of the podcast. Get a copy today and put some sunlight into your bookshelf. Okay. And so on Sunday, and matter of fact, before I start there, the Niners also have George Kittle. <laughs> but I was trying to think of their other receiver, but I don't want to look it up. Um, but they also have George Kittle. But the thing about Kittle is he's he's a good tight end. He's a good tight end. He's definitely a marketable tight end uh, when you see the commercials. I love him in the Little Caesars commercials. And and I think he, he is a weapon, but... I, I don't put him in the same category as I would a um a a um Travis Kelsey or like what the what the uh what Mark Andrews means to Baltimore or something like that. Like I wouldn't put him in an upper echelon uh tight end standpoint, but he's definitely a good tight end. Now I think that he could really play a strong role. In this game, um, if if they need to get out of a jam against the Packers, I think that he probably will be a, a good target. Um, but again, it's it just he doesn't he he doesn't um, shift the um, kind of like the the flow of the game as much as like a, a Kelsey or like a Gronk used to or like a Mark Andrews or you know something like that. So uh, that's the that's my only gripe about about uh, Kittle is he just he doesn't he doesn't impact the game like the other tight like the 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 uh, the tight ends that we review that we revere of a uh, higher stature. Could he? 
Yes. Um, but I just don't think that he does it consistently for me, for me to think like, oh, they got to worry about Kittle. They do, but they kind of don't. It just it depends. But yeah, that I wanted to mention that before I moved on. So Bucks Lions tomorrow at three on NBC bars. Uh, <laughs> and it's going to be electric at Ford Field. They get to host another playoff game. The, the, it was so loud when we, when I watched it on, uh, on Monday night, no, on Sunday night, uh, when they played in that, that against the Rams and that, that had, that game meant a lot for so many different reasons. They had, there were a lot of different storylines. I mean, you could talk about the, the Lions and their history and what that means to their city to be in the playoffs and, and be competitive and, and really have a, a, a and be a, a legit contender, uh, for the title. Um, you could talk about the, you know, the, the Rams and, and them finding a way to get into the playoffs and, and, and the Stafford versus golf and Stafford coming home and all. It's just so many different storylines, um, offense versus offense. And it was a good game. And the Lions, found, they, they won by one point. They found a way to win. Um, both teams could have lost, could have won that game. Uh, the Lions could have easily lost it. Um, but for them to move on, that that was such a treat for the Lions fans. And now they get to come out again and represent. And um, they'll be going up against the, the scrappy Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I did not see this one coming. I thought the Eagles had them. I mean, even though the Eagles have been suspect all year, and they just fell out of the sky the last the last uh about month like totally in December um and in the tail end of November they just they started falling out of the sky like just just really collapsing i think it's it's a combination of injuries and just their defense not being able to to stop anybody and um when it comes to what happened last week i mean on monday i did not see the Buccaneers winning this game and then winning it handily uh, the way they did. Um, but I mean, Tampa, Tampa uh, turned it up a little bit as well uh, towards the end of the season. Baker's playing some of his best ball, even though he's hurt. I mean, but he's always, I feel like he, he always plays hurt lately. Um, but we're going to see, how the Buccaneers stack up against against this Lions pass rush? Um, the, it looked like he they were able to handle the Eagles pass rush. They really couldn't get to Baker the way they really wanted to. They could, they sacked him a couple times, but I, they 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 didn't do enough to really rattle him or make Baker uh, make foolish decisions like he has been prone to do at times uh, when he's been trying to make a play because um, he's got a lot of farb in him trying to like force stuff um, but Baker was all right and, and the Buccaneers found a way to win now I guess the Lions the thing that the reason why I go with the Lions just being objective not just you know because subjectively I want them to win um, but objectively I'm picking the Lions because I think the Lions offense will run the Buccaneers off of the field. 
Um, I don't think that the Buccaneers can keep up with the with the point output. Now, I mean, Mike Evans can be big time, and I think their run game is okay. Um, but I don't think that the Bucks have enough weapons to match up with um, the, what this Lions offense is going to bring to them. And there, there's a lot of things that they have to be concerned about because, again, the Lions, they can they can run the ball well. They've got a really good two running back tandem with uh, with Montgomery and Gibbs. You know, you got Thunder and Lightning. Uh, and you've also got Amos Ross St. Brown at wide receiver. Uh, he he really gashes them. And if you got other receivers, too, that can really hurt as well. And uh, with Laporta in there, Laporta gives their offense some balance because he's a playmaking tight end. He's a one. He's a rookie as well. Um, but he he is the type of <clears throat> excuse me. He's a tight end. He's a type of tight end that can shift the momentum of the game. So where now you've got to worry about him. You've got to you've got to think about where is Laporta because he he can catch and he he's. Not an easy guy to bring down, and he's got a little bit of speed to him too. So, and and he can still block as well, which also makes defenses have to be a little bit more honest when it comes to dealing because they have him as a viable uh, tight end, and he's kind of like a utility knife, like uh, a Travis Kelsey would be. So. The Lions, they've they've got some offensive firepower that I think can uh, can really hurt the Buccaneers. And I like golf uh, as well. I think golf has has been playing his best ball against the Lions. It seems like this is his team. Now the thing with golf is golf has not ha- has got to to make sure that he doesn't lose control of the game. He can't make foolish plays. He's got to be wise when it's not there. And that's all I think that's the challenge for golf. Um but I think he can do it against the Buccaneers. I don't think that the Buccaneers are are a bad team, but I don't think that they can that they would be able to deal with what the Lions uh have to, you know, bring what the Lions bring to the table. Then pass rush wise pass rush, that will sound like Collinsworth. Uh pass rush wise. Um, you know, they've got to deal with uh, you know, with, with Aiden. Um, you know, and if they can't, if Baker can't uh, can't get him off of him, if they can't get Hutchinson off of him, uh, you know, that's gonna be tough for the Buccaneers. They're gonna be stuck in the mud offensively as well. So I'm giving this edge to the Lions. The crowd's gonna be loud, it's gonna be tough. And um the only way the Lions lose this game, I think, is if they beat themselves. Um and and if Baker finds a way to to uh, exploit the Lions' uh, defensive backs, because I do think that the Lions' weakness has has all I think has been for a long time and still is their defensive back play. Um, they they can't cover. Um, and when and we saw that in that Rams game, like those receivers are getting major separation against those defensive backs, and so if it comes down to um, you know them being able to figure out ways to exploit that Lions secondary, then I think the Buccaneers have a chance. But that means that Baker has had time to throw. But 
it's also something where it means that the Lions defensive backs have either fallen asleep or they just can't keep up. So that that's what the Buccaneers want to do. I don't I don't think that they um that they'll have a, a good a good day uh trying to run the ball on the Lions, but I think that those defensive backs are exploitable. And so that if you're the Lions defensively you got to be top notch. You got to make sure that you're covering well, uh, so that the Bucks don't have a chance to gash. Uh, but yeah, that's my pick. And it looks like Vegas likes Detroit too. Um, there, they've got them. Uh, you know, the line is six. So we'll see how that goes. Now, I think the the um, this is probably the marquee playoff game. This is the one that. I think everybody is really going to be paying attention to um, because one, these teams have such a history with each other. um, And there's, there's so many moments that they created. And I think that I, I think that America wants the bills to win. I really do. And if I, and if they're going to do it, this would be the year for the Bills to catch the Chiefs because the Chiefs have been shaky all year. The only difference between the Chiefs and the Eagles is that the Chiefs have found a way to win these ugly games. The, the Eagles, they've crumbled when the, when the games have gotten ugly um, and they've just simply been outplayed. But the Chiefs, They've been dropping balls. Their their running their running game has been has been up and down. Um, you know, Mahomes has been it, Mahomes has been great, but it's just his receiver again. His receivers have let him down. Even Kelsey hasn't been top notch dropping balls. Um, but I also think Kelsey's been kind of dealing with injuries. Um, you know, throughout the season that we probably really don't know about. Um, but that that's why it just seems like it. I think that's the reason why he hasn't been top notch. I just don't think he's a hundred percent right, um, and they depend on him a lot. Uh, so, but that that that's the difference between the Chiefs and the Eagles. They've just figured out ways to win these games, and against the Bills, it's gonna be tough because the Bills. I think they closed out well. They did what they needed to do to get into the playoffs, and. Josh Allen, despite his 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 puzzling mistakes at times, has led that offense to to win these games. Now, Buffalo's got some threats. I think they they're really this really has to be a a um a Josh to Diggs game. Like they they really have to be in sync. And if this was the, if this is the time to really to really showcase Stefan Diggs, this would be the game to do. So I think that um, he'll have a lot of opportunities against this Chiefs defense um, because their their defense is, is is solid, but it's not great. Um, they're they're definitely bend but don't break. And if I'm <clears throat> if I'm Josh Allen, if I'm Stefan Diggs. I'm trying to figure out we're, we're I'm trying to to work together as a team, you know, as the two of them to figure out how can we break that KCD. And so there this is the game 
for him to go all out. And this is a game for them to really get uh, a lot of their other players involved, too. I think they're they're really going to have to play mistake-free football. Uh, they cannot give away any foolish turnovers to the Chiefs because I, I feel like if they do, then that then they'll lose any they'll lose any momentum that they gain in this game, and <clears throat> it's almost like. Um, but on, on the Chiefs end, I feel like if if like whoever whoever scores first has a chance to really take control because I think it'll be difficult um, for both teams. But I think the Bills. They really do more than the Chiefs. They they really do need to dictate pace early. They need to score. They if they can score two touchdowns uh, within the <laughs> in in the first quarter, I think that'll do them really well. Like that'll really be important for them to 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 uh, to dictate pace uh, because usually with KC as of late, they've kind of been coming on as the game goes along. But Bills need to seize control early if they want to win. They're at home. Um, the, the the fans are invested. They've been shoveling snow and getting paid uh, so that they can, you know, they can see this game can be broadcast and everything. And so I, I think this will really mean a lot to Bills fans if they were to finally take down the Chiefs. So. I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the Bills here, just because I really do want them to win. And if they're gonna catch the Chiefs, if they're gonna beat the Chiefs, I think this is probably the 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 the, um, the weakest the Chiefs are gonna be for a minute. So you gotta seize your opportunities when you have them. And um, so I'm going Buffalo here, and Vegas likes Buffalo. So the the spread is three in, in favor of Buffalo. So uh, that that's going to be a fun game to watch on CBS at six thirty. Good playoff games, and um, it, it's been a good playoff season. You know, play playoff round so far. So I, I'm excited. Um, now looking back, I, I'm I'm disappointed in my Browns, um, but at the same time, as it's. I feel like it was a miracle that they got as far as they did because of all of the team, all of the players that they lost <laughs> throughout the season. And they just figured out ways to will themselves forward and beat teams that they probably had no business beating and, you know, win these games, these, these ugly, crazy close games, and then sometimes surprisingly dominating and but I just their their luck ran out in Houston. Uh, I, I I can't help but think about the the speed, you know, the movie Speed uh, with Keanu Reeves, and Jeff Daniels, and uh, Sandra Bullock, and and um and I'm looking at him. I can't his 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 his, his name escapes me, but he was the villain and he was really good. And <laughs> but I can't think of his name at the moment. It'll come to me. Um, but when 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 Harry's talking about you know luck runs out eventually and then we see luck eventually did run out for Harry when he when he dies in that uh, that house explosion and 
I just think that's what happened to the Browns. It's just luck ran out, and they didn't really have anything left. Now, I know people will say, oh, their defense got owned, but they also lost some defensive players that were key uh, that would have helped them uh, in this game. And then Flacco... Flacco, the Flacco lost that lost that magic. Uh, you know, it, it he turned into a pumpkin, and it. But he he gave the Browns some great moments, and he was the reason why he was a big reason. Him in that defense, he was a big reason that why they were in the playoffs. They were throwing the ball down the field. He would he he made Njoku look dangerous, and because I've never seen like Njoku. I put Njoku in the same in the same lane as I would put Kittle. Like he's a, he's a good tight end, but he doesn't make as much as an impact to where it shifts the momentum of the game um, to where you really have to worry about him. But Flacco made Njoku look like he was that guy. Um, so, and I know why people will say, "Oh, quarterback controversy." I don't think there's a quarterback controversy um, because the, one, Deshaun is the quarterback. You, he has to be the quarterback because of what you gave up to get him. Um, you know that they paid a lot to get him, but they also paid a lot in the in the uh, the the view of public perception. Um, because of the the nature of what what uh, took Deshaun out of the league for a while, and we don't we don't ever want to play with you know sexual assault or sexual abuse or things like that. Whether he was found, you know, innocent or not, it's the stigma because of there were so the so so many complaints that were lodged against him um that he had to to beat and then there were some that he settled there the the it the the organization took a hit by signing him now at the same time if if they wouldn't have got him somebody else would have got him and but i don't think Many teams wanted to take that hit, but the thing with Deshaun is he's young enough and he showed enough ability before the issue happened to where he would actually be a viable quarterback. And so why not take the chance? Browns took the chance. And so now that they now they've got a they kind of got to live with this Deshaun Watson uh, chance, at least for a couple of years. Um, so and Flacco's old. Flacco's old and we while it's great to watch Joe Flacco do his thing we found out what happens when when you put your trust in Joe Flacco and know and I know everybody's like oh he's gonna throw his interceptions but he's gonna also throw his touchdowns and give you a chance to win and and while that's true when his two back-to-back pick sixes that that ended the game for them. They at least they were in firing range. Uh, you know they were in range of of coming back and and trying to win the game. But with with back to back pick sixes, that that pretty much ended the game uh, for the for the Browns. And so as much as you want to blame that defense, Flacco 
Flacco made it impossible for the defense to come back as well. So when you're moving forward, Browns, they they overachieved this year um, with what they had left. And that's good coaching. I think that that's really good coaching to keep your players motivated, especially considering all the losses uh, that they incurred. You lose your stars and you've got to rely on backups and guys just next man up, you know, dealing with injuries throughout the year, getting nicked here and there. Uh, key guys going down. Uh, we had a Miles Garrett scare. It's just, you know, there there are so many times where they could have just been like, you know what, let's punt. <laughs> let's just punt the season. And that's how I felt too. I felt like, look, man, just punt. Like, it's okay. It's okay. It's just in your year. It's just in your year. They said, nope. I mean, we went through four quarterbacks. They just said, but they were like, nope, we're going to continue to try to win. And, and so we, one thing that we cannot as uh, fans accuse the Browns of is not having heart. Browns have huge heart of that. They've got big cojones. <laughs> you know, they, they came out and they battled every game. Um, it just, I just think that they simply met their match against the Texans and, and were just outplayed. They just didn't have a, they, they ran out of luck and the Texans were ready for them. And, Sometimes that's just how it is. You get your, you get your, uh, you know, you get your tail beat. Um, but I think this get to me. I'm more optimistic about next season because it's like, oh, well, next season we gon' we got Chubb back. We got we got Deshaun back. We're, we're probably gonna have some more, you know, some some more weapons, and we're gonna get our star linebacker back and. Ward's gonna be healthy. Maybe we can get another DB uh, that can that can make things even better. Um, because coverage wise, we still we we still have to be better when it comes to that. Because if, if they can get past our pass rush, um, then we we we're we're carvable from a defensive uh, back standpoint. So uh, outside of Denzel Ward, I think. But even with Ward, sometimes you can catch him if he's gambling a little bit too much. So that that to me that would be that would need to be the the major focus of uh the 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 Browns D. Now offensively, I do think one of the things that Flacco did really well is I think that he showed us the blueprint that needs to happen from a like what our passing game needs to look like. And that's called stretch the field we need to be down like we need to be throwing the ball down the field <laughs> because he was he him and Amari were like linked up good like he was hitting Amari and, and Amari was really uh I think Amari really ingratiated himself uh to Flacco they really had a really good tandem but Amari's a down the field receiver and he's he's a, a serious deep threat and so that's that's really where they need to focus it forget the dink and dunk um you know west coast style kind of thing they they really need to be down the field stretch it test the test the secondary of other teams and utilize Njoku as a weapon i mean what Flacco did with Njoku was awesome. And Deshaun, I think he that's what he's gonna have to do. He's gonna have to 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 mimic that because Njoku can really damage that that uh you know that linebacker core 
and really make it tough for defensive backs um, to to have to corral him. But they're they're gonna have to unlock him, um, continue to unlock him, and and utilize him as a weapon. Now, I like the fact that they have uh, Kareem. I don't know if they're gonna keep him, but. Running back wise, that I think they still want to add strength on strength. They could use another uh, strong running back there, and just continue to be creative um, with how they run the ball because they're are they running the running game is still their the 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 um, like the backbone of their offense. Their running team built, you know, they're they're built on running. And, and, you know, to set up the pass, but the run game is their bread and butter. And so they're, they're really going to want to continue to add strength on strength in that category, continue to develop their offensive line. Uh, they, they also want to continue to stack that up because offensive line wise, that's been a strength for the Browns. The Browns know how to draft a good, good offensive lineman, uh, but they they want to continue to add to that to give Deshaun some cover so that he doesn't get injured again. They've got to protect him because I I don't think Deshaun is as fast as Lamar is, um, and he's not. He's also not necessarily super durable, so they're going to have to protect him, which means that that offensive line has got to get better, and they're also going to need to continue to to build strength on strength so that when guys go down, they can just plug somebody else in and they don't miss a beat. But that's some Browns talk. When we come back, we've got some other, uh, I got some other NFL thoughts. Check out my new book, My Daddy Taught Me. That's right. That's right. That's the new children's book that I have out. And it's a really cool story about uh, two boys that are going through a day of school. And uh, one kid named Caleb, he's doing some great things and, and having a great day. And his friend Jason's like, man, how'd you learn all this stuff? How can you do all the things you do? And his answer was simple. My daddy taught me. So pick it up on Amazon. Uh, you can pick it up also on my website. Uh, the link to both is in the description. And I know that you and your children will enjoy it. Pick up a copy of My Daddy Taught Me today. All right. In other NFL news, Bill Belichick is out in New England, which, I mean, it had to happen eventually. You know, all, all things come to an end at some point. The The ride can't last forever. He was either going to retire like Nick Saban did in Alabama, um, which is quite newsworthy in, a, in itself because it's the end of an era in that standpoint. But with Bill Belichick, leaving New England, it, it signals a new beginning for the Patriots and potentially um, just a, a, I wonder if it's a new, a new culture and a new style of how they play. Um, because while of course they're still going to say, Oh, it's the Patriot way. Um, does, does the Patriot way need to evolve um, and, 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 
or chart or even chart a new course uh, in regards to how they play uh, offensively and, and the like. Uh, so that'll be fun to watch as as coach uh, Gerard as, as coach Mayo. I want to say Gerard Mayo, but coach Mayo takes uh takes the reins and and then we get to see and Bill's not retiring, so we get to see where he goes next. And I for one am excited. Uh, to to see where he goes, I don't want to say oh he'll automatically do well because coaching is hard. Coaching is hard. You can be a Super Bowl winning coach and then, but and and your winning ways and the culture and the system that you built um, and your style of coaching not match up with with the the other team you know sometimes it just doesn't resonate and you have to I I think as fans we we have to factor that in and and keep that in mind uh Bill Parcells won a Super Bowl with with uh you know the Giants but that didn't translate to other teams um you know Joe Gibbs won a Super Bowl with the Redskins you know but that didn't translate and so Coaching, it doesn't always translate to the other team because there are there are so many things that you have to undo, especially if you're taking over a team that it, that hasn't been doing so great. There's so there's so much that you have to undo from a teaching standpoint, from a philosophy standpoint, that sometimes it just it can't be done. And it'll be interesting to see how how Bill ingratiates himself to his next team and if he can get them to to play championship football like he was able to do in New England for so long and how he can bring out new talent and and cultivate them to play to their apex ability. So that is that. I'm excited for him. I know he's been interviewing in Atlanta. Um, I get why he would potentially like the Atlanta job. I think it's a little weird, um, but they they the thing with Atlanta is they need to get a new, another quarterback. That that's that's the the issue with Atlanta because Ritter isn't the guy, and I don't know if they're going to get that through the draft or if they're they have to trade or look in free agency. Um, but he can't. He can't come back as the as the quarterback for the Falcons next year. They just whoever's in charge, because <laughs> I know Harbaugh's inter- interviewing for the position too. Uh, but and, and both of them are, are in the second interview stage. But whoever gets that job, he can't be there. Like they, I don't care if they they either have to let him go, they got to cut him, they got to trade him, or he's just he's got to be relegated to the bench. But he can't. Yeah, they they need a new guy uh, behind him, and whoever else they have, like Heineke, he's not the answer either. It's just every all the quarterbacks that they have there, they're they're not the answer for the Falcons, and um, that that's gonna be the the big the the big move that they're gonna have to make, and I guess a kicker too because their kicker is is not great at all either um but i think there's also some other things that are intriguing as well i mean you've got tennessee 
in well, uh, Tennessee is not really intriguing. I, I, I want I do want to know who's going to take that job um, if if it hasn't already been found out. Um, but that that's a position that is kind like you really got to start over. I think in Tennessee because with with Derrick Henry gone. He was the identity of that offense, so they're going to have to really rebuild that offense. I know they they like Levis, but Levis needs a lot. Levis is going to need a lot of um, uh, of seasoning to <laughs> to to be viable uh, for for the text for the Titans uh, going forward. But they're going to have to craft a new identity, uh, and that'll be. I think that's going to take some time. Um, it's, I don't think we're going to see the Titans, uh, looking great probably for four or five years. That's just my feeling. I just, I think that they're going to be in, in this mid at best zone for a while, because there's a lot that they're going to have to, to tear down and, and reconstruct, they're going to have to figure out how they want to run, um, you know, what what does their offense look like? Um, and with Vrabel gone, it's like, what is our what is our identity on offense? What's our identity on defense? Because Vrabel was tough. My, I like Vrabel. I, I don't understand why they let him go. But at the same time, it's probably something where they just felt like, you know, we just need we just need a different. We need a different voice, um, but he kept them viable. He kept them competitive, um, but at some point, co- competitive isn't enough. And but I'm, I'm excited to see where Vrabel uh, goes next as well because I think Vrabel's a good coach. Uh, I enjoyed watching watching him coach the Titans, and I thought that he was a perfect fit for. Uh, that Tennessee team based on the style that they played because uh, they when they got Tennessee, it just seemed like they, they really became kind of smash mouth and grind and grit. Um, and Vrabel's that kind of guy. Um, but it's like, who's going to who's going to take the reins now? Who's going to evolve uh, that team? But uh, I don't see Bill going to Tennessee. Um, I don't see Harbaugh. Wanting that job either, uh, but but one thing that you can say about Jim Harbaugh is he's proven that he can build a winning football team. I was skeptical, and he had to he had to 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 uh, to deal with some tough days um, and, and a lot of scrutiny. But with U of M being the national champions, he you can't. You can't say anything. It's like anything that you would have said, you kind of just kind of have to just tip your cap to him because he built that team well and they, you know, they're the champs. You know, they they're tops in college football. So you got to you, you got to, you know, salute that and, and I'm gonna take this time to say congratulations to uh, the, the Wolverines. Uh, it took them a long time to get there. They haven't won a, a national championship uh, since the since the, the 90s. And I think this this really gives the state of Michigan a lot of pride because they, they love, you know, well, I don't want to say all of them because uh, there's pockets that love. <laughs> 
Wolverines and there's pockets that love those Spartans. So it's just there, there'll always be the war between uh, go green and go blue. But uh, you know, it, I, I'm happy that the Wolverines won. Um, but yeah, that I think that with trying to see what Harbaugh's going to do next, does he stay in Michigan? Um, does he, or does he truly want to go to the pros? And I think um, Michigan's going to have to offer a lot for him to want to stay um, because I think that he, he feels like he has unfinished business in the NFL. I mean, he came back to Michigan. He wanted to bring a title to his alma mater because uh, he played for them. Um, but, and now he's done that. And so it's really about, does he want to continue to build a lasting legacy um, for the Wolverines and make that the the go-to uh, you know place for Apex College football? Or does he want to finish what he started and build a winner and win a and win a Super Bowl? Um, is that is that where his focus is now? We're gonna see, we're gonna see soon. Um, but I think Michigan is is it, it'll be interesting to see what Michigan offers him. Uh, to stay, um, and it'll be interesting to see what these what these NFL teams will will try to pitch, you know, to to entice him to take the job. I think that Chargers job is the most intriguing because there are a lot of weapons, and and the Chargers are close to being a contender, but there's some there's some um, there's some construction that needs to be done in uh, in that with that Chargers team. And um, I think Herbert's still young enough to where he can evolve and develop, um, but they there there's some things that they need to work on with him. But again, that it's not that the Chargers can't score, but I think the focal point needs to be that defense because they can't stop a shopping cart. <laughs> so, um, and. Is Eckler really good? I just I don't see it with Austin Eckler. I know he makes plays at times, but I just I don't see him as a as a essential member of your offense. I feel like they can they can trade him, you know, and and that he would have value uh, to where another team would be like, oh, okay, Austin Eckler, all right. But I just I think that they really need to um to get a a. Uh, to, to improve their running game. And I don't think Eckler is the guy anymore. I think that that's running his course. Um, but there, there's a lot of things. I think that that would be an enticing job for, for Harbaugh or for a Bill Belichick, uh, quite frankly, um, to, to, to go for. So look, that, to me, that's going to be the one that I think people are going to really be eyeing. I'm happy for the Raiders um, and I'm happy for, uh, you know, for their coach. Uh, because he was able to to solidify uh, that position. Adam Pierce, he 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 got the, he he brought out a level of a, Antonio Pierce. He brought out a level of aggression with the Raiders. I think uh, to close out that that was encouraging. They bought into what he was, you know, to to his philosophy, and you know, and it's not like they don't have talent, but now it's about really rebuild really building that team up right they're gonna have to 
because they benched Jimmy G, I think they're gonna they're gonna have to to shop for a quarterback because they're uh what was his name? Aiden O'Connell. <laughs> He's not the guy. <clears throat> of course I'm losing my voice now. <clears throat> But he's not the guy, and it's clear. It's like that. That offense was just ugly with with him at the helm. So, but they they had to go with them, and they didn't they didn't change from Jimmy G. So, they're. I think this season is is going to be interesting to see if they just cut Jimmy or if they move Jimmy or if Jimmy just becomes the backup and they and they look for somebody else or if they give Jimmy another chance it's like there's so many different ways that they could go um and when you look at Garoppolo's career he's yeah he's won a Super Bowl with the Patriots cuz he was the backup behind Brady but apart from that he just he really yeah and he had flashes of success in San Francisco he got them close but it became something where he just he had the moniker of not being reliable uh in games that really matter and i think that that's going to be a hard part of his legacy to try and shake away but yeah i think his his future's up in the air i i certainly don't think that he um his time his tenure with the raiders is going to be long um but there, there's a lot of there's a lot of moving and shaking that that needs to happen. So, but I, I'm uh, excited about what next season's going to look like. But th- I'm really excited about how this season is going to end. Um, what I'll say about the collapses of the Eagles and the Cowboys, they're they both collapsed, but the Eagles. Collapse, I think, was more detrimental to the Cowboys collapse. I just think the Cowboys, they they lost that game because they just, I don't think that they prepared well for the Packers. I don't think that they expected the Packers to come out like that. And when you looked at their eyes, they just, I think they were just shook because they, they didn't plan for that level of play from Green Bay. And um, it came back to bite them. And it's like you can't just just roll out your team. And be like, oh, we got this. We just gonna win. And I don't think they really they really expected the Packers to be that much of a challenge. And they got beat. And um, and so for the Cowboys, yeah, they keep McCarthy, but at the same time, um, I, I know some some were probably hoping they would move on, but you at this juncture. I don't think that they can afford to make a coaching change at the moment. And that I think that he he has to stay there for probably at least a, uh you know two more years before they really decide, you know what, this is done. Um and I think Dak had a better season this year. Um but again it what 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 the what the uh, the viewing public and probably the Cowboys nation wants is for Dak to elevate the team. At some point, your quarterback has to elevate the team uh, to greatness. And he just hasn't been able to do that. And, that you know, I think that's what's disappointing uh, because if he's going to be 
a part of Cowboys lore, he's got to get them over the hump. He's got to elevate them. He's got to win the games that matter. Um, and he he's he's good at getting those empty calories, getting those uh, stat padding uh, when the game has pretty much been been decided. So it makes it look at least on paper that his numbers were good and that he played a good game. Uh, but you know, people you know, real people know the truth. You know, people that are actually paying attention to how the game was being played and and the decisions. Uh, that that he makes in the game and 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 what he does as the quarterback to put them in position to win, then the, those are oftentimes the you know they they're the ones that can tell that he's not really elevating the team past where they you know past their like to to meet up to their expectations because Cowboys expectations are always great, uh, but. That that's the thing, but I don't think that they can blow it up yet, because if you're gonna get rid of McCarthy, you kind of gotta blow up things a little bit. Uh, so they're and they're not ready to do that because in some in some senses they're they're right there, um, but they just there's a couple of things that they need to tweak, and um, I don't necessarily say I wouldn't necessarily say they're a guy away. I just think that they're um, they're there may be a couple of decisions away <laughs> so better better football uh you know play calling decisions away uh from from getting over the hump but we shall see we going we going to roll it out next year and we'll see what what they do now um so, but i don't think their collapse was as detrimental as the the eagles collapse because so it's like it wasn't just that i mean jalen hurts was was hurt all year for the most part, they had the knee and the, you know, then the, you know, the hand thing. Uh, and it's just, he, he had a litany of stuff that he was, you know, that he was dealing with. Um, but he was, he was trying to play his best, but and then you, AJ Brown goes out and, but that, they just, they, that offense, there was some steam that was taken out of that offense. And then when it came to, and they weren't able, it's like they were able to put up points, but, they really had to work to to um you know to get those points where it just seemed like the previous year they were just a juggernaut um and the only reason they lost that chiefs game in the super bowl was because i just think that they fell asleep at the wheel and let guys get open that shouldn't have got open um but this season the defense primarily fell off a cliff and you could do anything you wanted to them. You could run it on them. You could throw it on them. And they they just didn't have any answers. And when we see this free fall, the last you know month of the season, and then in, you know the this first playoff game against Tampa Bay, where it's like that. Even as bad as Philadelphia's playing, they should have beat Tampa, um, but they just they didn't have it. And that's where I think there are some more questions that need to be asked. And I know some people are saying, oh, Philly, you know, the Philly coach's job is in jeopardy. And I mean, you at least got to think about it. I don't know. I don't necessarily say you get rid of him, but you at least got to have a conversation. Like, is is this guy the, you know, the still the 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 uh, the guy to 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 coach the team? 
because what we like, what what they what they put out, you know, what they put out on the field uh, this year wasn't their best, and there was a clear uh, deterioration that that everybody saw, and <clears throat> I don't know what what uh, what Jason Kelsey's future is. But losing him, if if he does decide to to retire, losing him is going to be a um, you know a a big blow as well because he because he's a he's a he's going to be a Hall of Fame center, and but when you lose that, it's like you lose all the things that that he does at that position, and so they're going to have to figure out a way to to um, to adjust to that and. That's going to be tough. And Jalen was already under siege, even with him in the fold. But so now they're really going to have to figure out, OK, how are we going to protect him? You know, how, how are we going to protect our quarterback out there? So that I think that was the most shocking thing. So th- this offseason is going to be very, very crucial for the Eagles uh, in Miami. I mean. Miami, they lost that game against. I don't think they really had a chance because it wasn't just that their opponent was the Chiefs. <clears throat> Miami's real opponent was that weather, and they just they just got a bad draw on that one. They're they're not a team that's built for the cold. They're built. They're a flash. You know, they're 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 built for for warmth. They're built for speed, and you know, cold cold negates speed. <laughs> it, it definitely limits it. And again, I know some people are saying the Tua issue is he can't he he can't play in in every condition. He has to have amicable conditions for him to be able to perform well. And and I would say that, and it it just feels like um, if you take Tyreek out of the equation more times than not. It, it forces, it, it makes it difficult, more difficult for Tua uh, to be able to to play winning football. Um, not that he can't win without Ty, without Tyreek, but it makes it more difficult for him to win because I think Tyreek is a focal point of that offense. He's the engine uh, because he's almost unguardable, and because of that speed and. When you have that kind of weapon, that's the type of thing that shifts the field, you know, that 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 tilts the game in a sense. Um, so that is that um, NBA wise. It's weak because I really haven't been I was like, I, I really haven't been paying close attention to what's going on. But I do know that that Wimby is awesome. <laughs> Even though the Spurs are terrible, I, I, I love watching Wimby do his thing as like a, a super tall guy. And I know Shaq is saying Bobo can do the same thing, but I'm like, if Bobo could do the same thing, then we would see him in the headlines all the time. He would be on the court playing meaningful minutes, and we, you know, he would be doing things. I I don't think that they're the same player, and I think that it's not that Bobo can't do it, but he just he doesn't there, but there's a, there's a difference between having the ability to do it and being able to execute that ability. And I don't think that Bobo can execute the, the ability that, 
that he has consistently, like Wimby can. And it's going to be scary because Wimby's, this is his first year and he's going to get better. Um, but Bo Bo's been in the league longer than him. And we still haven't, we still haven't seen much of a leap, which says something. Like it or not, it says something. Um, and, oh, yeah, one more thing I want to talk about with the NFL uh, before I forget the Tomlin thing. He's coming back as the head coach, and he's a great coach. Never had a, a, a season below 500, but at the same time, you got to win. And I think that should matter too. You just because you're just because you're winning games, you know that that's a good thing. You you know you made the playoffs, but you can't continue to get bounced out in the first round because eventually, that if that's your ceiling, if that's as far as you can go, then that becomes a problem, and eventually you do have to move on because the whole point. The, the whole point of why they play is to win the Super Bowl. That's that's the goal. And you're either getting closer to that or you're getting further away from that. And I think as management, you have to make the decision. What it, is it? Is it coaching that isn't getting us closer or is or is it the players? And eventually you got to look at Tomlin and say, OK, yeah, you're you you know you you figure out ways to to get into the playoffs and and we've never been below five hundred, but at the same time, we're not we're not serious contenders for the Super Bowl either, and that's what the that's what Steeler Nation prides himself on is you know being being contenders and being and being champions, and if they're not real contenders, then it's like what are we doing if we're if we're not going to be uh, you know, legit, a legit team that can win the Super Bowl. What are we doing? Do we need to do voice? So that's that. I want to say that it's not that Tomlin's great. I love Tomlin. Tomlin's a, one of the best coaches in the NFL. But you have to look, I think, at it from a bigger scheme of things to understand those that will say, "Oh, do we need to move on?" Because you, you know. Only making it to the first round can only last for so long because the expectation is Super Bowl. But that's that. But back to the week in NBA <laughs> thoughts. Um, so, yeah, Wimby's fun to watch. I think the Lakers, the Lakers probably aren't going to make the playoffs. And I just think that um, – and I think that it's probably time for LeBron to retire. Retire on time. I know he wants to stay – and play until uh, Bronny gets into the NBA. Um, that's if that happens. Um, but at the same time, I, I think it's probably time for him go out while you're still healthy. Um, before you're, you're, uh, yeah, he's still dunking on people at like 39, and you know, doing this. He he's proven that he can play. But I think it's time for him. But even if he doesn't retire, I think the Lakers really need to probably make a major move um because it's just they're they're not they're not great they're not great and they they're i think their team is built for like 2010 
<laughs> or like the 2000s where you can rely on like uh, four or five guys to get you home. But you can't, you know, like or like like three or four personally. I want to say five, but you can. It's like you got LeBron, you got AD, uh, you know, you got um, D'Lo and Austin, and you know, you know, maybe got one more person. But that that usually that's enough to where oh, teams are scared. But these teams are just gonna keep. I mean, it's a different game. It's really about points, and it. it's really about you know, like foot race uh, basketball nowadays. And I don't think that they have a team that's built for how the game is played now. And again, that that era where you can just roll out an, a, a name or a couple of names is over. Like the big three era is over. This team would have been world beaters. You know, they would have they really would have been dominant if it was between 2010 and 2015. Um, but they're just I don't think that their team is built for this era of basketball. And so I think that's why they're not good. And they just, they're, they're team inconsistent. Everybody on the team is streaky. Uh, I mean, LeBron, he's, he's steady, but he's streaky too, you know, when it comes to his shooting, because he wants to be a three pointer, but a a three point, uh, uh, you know, star, but he's not, he's, he's not, yes, he has the three points that he has three point stats, but he's not a three-point shooter pure. So it's just he's streaky. When he's on, he's on. But when he's off, it's just like, why do you keep taking these threes? And, <laughs> and I think also, okay, the Anthony Davis thing. I think Anthony Davis is great. But I th- I also think that he's run his course with this Lakers team. I don't think that that he's the guy or if he is the guy LeBron has to move out of the way for him to truly be the guy um but I just I don't I don't see him so something needs to happen with him and I don't think we is he's been relatively healthy for the most part um but it's just I I don't know if if he's still should be considered the number one option or the leader of the team. I just, I don't see leader with Anthony Davis. I just don't see it. Can he get off and and go for 40 at times? Yeah, but I think it's also at the expense of other things. And, but there's, there's something that the Lakers, the Lakers do need to do some things to alter their team because at, you know, the couple of years that's constructed, they just really haven't haven't played to the level that that people expected from this kind of team. So that's just me. But something needs to happen with them. Uh, OKC, I think OKC is a playoff team for real, and Shy is is uh, is definitely one of the best players in the league. Uh, the Nuggets, Nuggets are going to be there again. Jokic is is, is still amazing to watch um and and he truly is a guy that just wants to play basketball and go home he doesn't care about the fame uh I'm sure he likes the money um but just he 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 it it just it's just about the craft for him he doesn't care about anything else and it's it's kind of refreshing like he's just he he's anti-Hollywood style 
Um, but he just giving people the business. I want to take the Sixers seriously, but again, it's it's about what they do in the playoffs um, versus how they look in a regular season. Um, I, I I try not to be uh, over over influenced by the regular season um, as much anymore uh, because of the playoffs are are like a season in and of itself. And it's a different tenor, it's a different tone. And we've proved it's been proven times and time, time and time again, teams can be great in the regular season and then fall apart in the playoffs. Um, so, but Philly looks like they could really be contenders, but it's, it's just hard to tell until those playoffs start. So that's that. Um, again, this is weak. NBA stuff because I haven't really been keeping too much track of it. Um, I know there's trade rumors that that need to go on. I know the Siakam trade uh, that was big for Indianapolis. We'll see if that if that makes a difference. I still don't see it pushing Indy over the hump. Any, uh, I think it makes them it makes them more of a contender. But I just I don't see them coming out of the East with that. And that's just me. But I just I don't see them coming out of each one what they got, even with the move that they made. Um, there, there's a ceiling that I just I see. I don't think that they can break past. Um, but when you think about the other teams that they have to go against to come out of the East. So and I like watching Anthony Edwards play uh, for the Wolves. I don't think that they're coming out of the West, but. Is fun. He's fun to watch, and that team is fun to watch. They've gotten better. I think that they've been able to kind of mesh and truly find an identity. So that is that. Um, DLS Central will be back again soon. Uh, I want to say next week, but you know me. <laughs> you know me. I want to say next week. We'll see. Uh, but this was fun. Uh, thank you for listening to me. Thank you, you know, for anybody that, that that cares about the podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening. I do it because I like broadcasting. I like podcasting. Uh, and I got stuff, you know, I, I want to talk about sports. I like sports. Uh, so we'll be back. Take care. God bless. Peace out.